Hey Trinity Life, we are here for our last installment of our Revive One Another series. And I have with me the man behind the mirror, <laughs> camera, like what is this? Cameraman. Yeah, yeah, this is this is this is the person who's normally making me look good. Behind the camera. Now he's making <laughs> us look good. And he's normally behind there. He's this is his this is like the first time we've yeah, done this. First time I've been on camera at TLC in three years. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, say that. I'm like, that's depressing. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. Totally fine. Not a hard decision. <laughs> totally fine. I don't want to be here anyway. <laughs> Please don't leave. Please stay. So, um, yes. Uh, and Jonathan is my brother-in-law. So this is extra special for me to have him here and to just talk about the scriptures with you guys. Mm -hmm. We are going to finish out this series with uh, verses 1 through 12 in chapter 5, talking about one another receiving. Mm. In Christmas time, we normally talk about giving, right? And, and gimme, gimme, gimme. Now we're going to talk about receiving. Mm. And, and so um, we'll, we'll have that throughout this passage. Again, remember in this series, all we've done is read this passage over and over again, just read the scriptures and... Uh, meditated on it, prayed, prayed on it, asked the Lord what he's saying to us so that we could give it to you guys. So John and I are just going to have a conversation about that. Um, but yes, uh, one another receiving. Mm -hmm. right? And and so uh, actually, before I jump into my stuff, what's what's some things that God has spoken to you? Let's, let's just take it uh, by by chunk. So let's just go in verses one through five. Okay. What has what the Lord talked about there Uh you. What do you see there? What's he, what's he spoken there? Yeah. So, uh, right off the bat, verse one, I, I, uh, I was meditating on this passage and thinking through it. And the, the phrase that stood out to me right away was born of God. Uh, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. So immediately I was thinking about a birth and this is like Christmas time, the birth of Jesus, but yeah. birth, new life, uh, new creation, Second birth, second chance. Um, my mind went to Nicodemus. Yeah, in yeah. John three, like he's like, "Hey, no, Jesus says no one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again." And of course, he's he's confused. He's like, well, "Can't go back to my mom's tummy. What are you talking about?" And so <laughs> he says, "No one can enter the kingdom of God unless they're born of water and spirit," which John actually mentions again here later in, in chapter five. Mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. Nicodemus was brought to my mind. And then 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Uh, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. So yeah. this, this birth imagery, uh, birth in my mind, these ideas of new life, new creation, something amazing. Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's apt for the Christmas season. Yeah. Right, when we're talking yeah. about the birth of Christ. And, uh, and so in the, in the same way, and this is all first John leading up to this, right? One through chapters one through four in the same way, if we trust in him, mm -hmm. we are reborn. Like how, how, how cool is that? Uh, so yeah, that's, that's gonna, that's gonna inform the entire passage. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I love in verse two and three. How he talks about here uh, receiving God's commandments. 
So we love God, we obey his commandments, and we keep his commandments, we abide by them, we do them. And, and you know, when we talk about receiving things, a lot of times it's, it's normally, I mean, good things, it's gifts, right? Yeah. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Right. We're in Christmas time, we receive gifts. My birthday is also around Christmas, as is your wife's. So we receive the same gift. <laughs> <laughs> for both. Uh, um, I love having a birthday around Christmas time. <laughs> that I have to share with her. <laughs> but um, uh, normally you're receiving something good, right? Yeah. Uh, but here we're talking about commandments. Yeah. And I just wonder how many people actually think receiving God's commandments is a good thing. Uh, like more commandments. Give me yeah. more commandments. Like Give me more things not to do. I can't have enough commandments. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think the word commandment often gets a bad rap yeah, because yeah. Uh, it's it's literally just God's instruction, mm-hmm. and and you think about an instruction manual that mm-hmm. tells you how to do something well, right? Or giving instruction to your to your girls, you're trying to protect them and help them and mm, yeah, all those. The things, intention right? there is is good, right? The motive for it is good. Right, it's love. It's love, right, yeah. Like, don't touch the burner, because um, I don't want you to get hurt. I don't want you to burn your hand. Yeah. Right? And the kid's like, still doing it, like, fine. Like, <laughs> whatever, you're gonna learn, <laughs> right? And, and sometimes I feel like God's like that with us, right? He's like, hey, this isn't the best thing for you. You shouldn't do this thing. Fine, like, go, like <laughs> you make your own decision. Yeah, like, you right, do it, right. then you're gonna see. Um, and so I, I, but I often think that God's commandments normally aren't viewed as gifts. They're not viewed as, as things we can, that, that are good for us. But John makes it clear here at the end of verse three, he says, Mm. and his commandments are not burdensome. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not just the intent, but like the intent is love. And then all of a sudden we think love is burdensome, but he's like, no, they're not. They're not meant to hold you back and to push you down. Yeah. And they're not yeah. burdensome. I mean, yeah, talk talk about that for, for a bit. How Yeah. I when I when I initially read that, I my natural instinct was like, uh um I was like, oh, is that true? Is it true that they're not burdensome? I know, yeah. I was like, initially I was like, hmm. Because, you know, growing up as a Come young... Come on, John. That's not true. <laughs> That's not true. He's, but, he's just... He's just... Come on. <laughs> but so initially growing up... Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, there's this popular t-shirt growing up that was, uh, like, all the fish. And then they're going one direction. And then the Christian fish is going the opposite direction. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, oh, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the one that goes against. And then it's like, oh, that's hard. And that's burdensome. And you stand out and you have to fight against the current or about what the word wants to do. And like, that seems like a challenge. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily seem light and easy. Um, so my initial, that was my initial reaction. Uh, but then, you know, um, I have some comments here. Um, so it made me think about Matthew 16, where Jesus says to deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. So I, I was reading the scriptures the last couple of weeks and this came on my mind. I shared this with my R3 actually. And so when I thought about like 
denying yourself, I had the same initial reaction, like, ugh, I can't have fun, or I can't do this, I can't do that. Like, it was the commandments, like the burdensome commandments. But yeah. then as I have been... Take up your cross. <laughs> yeah, take up your cross. I'm like, You're man, more burdensome. This is not uh, going well <laughs> at all. And I was like, no, 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 there's got to be... God wants me to see something beautiful about this that I'm not seeing. And so as I was reflecting on this, and I've been reading through um, the Sermon on the Mount this, this past year, just really deep diving into that. And so the very first thing that... Um, Jesus talks about in relationship is anger. In fact, John picks up on this all through these four or five chapters. Mm. The one thing that, that John picks up on is you can't love God and hate your brother. Right. Like right. anger and hate, like the very first thing that Jesus mentions, and John's picking up on this oh, as well. That's a good insight. Yeah. And so, um, so if my natural tendency, because Jesus is like, don't, don't be that way. There's a better way to mm-hmm. have relationships. And so if my natural tendency is to be angry and to hate and to hurt, so for me to deny myself is actually a good thing because I'm like, I'm denying myself my natural tendency to be angry and to hold on to bitterness and contempt. So there's a better way. It's like you, you're going to deny those things that would really actually hurt you. Because mm-hmm. like, I have something more beautiful for you, which is forgiveness yeah. and to be in harmony and peace with your, with your fellow man. And so as, he, as the Sermon on the Mount continues, my natural tendency is to lie and be dishonest when I get caught in something. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I, I want my, my tendency is to ex- make an excuse. And by Jesus is like, no, be, be a person of integrity. Let your yes be yes, your no be no. Yeah. So I'm gonna deny myself my tendency to be a liar in order that I have better relationships with wow. mankind. Because that's gonna lead to better relationships and your family and your community and your job. Mm-hmm. People are going to trust you. They're going to rely upon you. It's just a more abundant way to live. Yeah. So like, okay, so deny myself is actually a good thing in, in the long run. Yeah. Wow. That's really, yeah, it's all that's really insightful because then to deny yourself isn't actually burdensome. Right. It's actually lifting yeah. the burden off of you. Yeah. I don't want to be a liar. I want to be a person full of anger and hate. You don't want more broken relationships. I don't want more broken relationships. So, yeah. So now John is like, it's not burdensome. Right. It's actually life-giving. Yeah. It's a better way. I've said this a few times over the past few weeks that Jesus at the end of the farewell discourse in the Last Supper in the book of the Gospel of John, he says, um, now I call you friends. And if mm-hmm. you are... My friends will do what I say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess so. <laughs> um, and this, this, and he's talking about this because Jesus knows, like we talked about this with Cindy a couple weeks yeah. ago, like he knows what is best. Yeah. He knows this is going to be in him. This is where your burdens will truly be light mm. and your yoke will truly be yeah. easy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And in this, you know, in this society where, where it's like, well, hey, I'm good with whatever makes you happy. Whatever makes you happy, as long as it's not hurting anybody, that's good. Well, that's a pretty weak ethic because, well, actually, um, like if you do whatever you want and I do whatever I want, (laughs) and they do whatever they want, everybody does all that, people are gonna get hurt. Oh, sure. Because 
It's so hyper individualistic that it treats you like you are sealed off from everybody else. You're in a vacuum and yeah. I'm in a vacuum. Yeah, yeah. And if you existed in a, your own black hole, I exist in my own black hole, that could be true. I do whatever I want and it's not gonna hurt anybody. Uh, well, cause no one else will be in there, <laughs> right? No one else will ever be in that life because, because I have, it's so hyper individualistic. Mm -hmm. Like no one's gonna wanna be around me mm -hmm. in, in that way. Yeah. Like if I always do whatever is good for me, no one, like who would wanna be in a relationship with me? Yeah. And, and our whole society thinks like that and is, is like that. A lot of our society is like that. Um, I mean, what if my desire is to, to hurt people. That makes you happy. Okay, well, I want to hurt you. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute. And that's what people with the caveat was, well, as long as it doesn't hurt anybody, right? Yeah. But, but it's, I mean, well, we forget like even, you know, the, the whole butterfly effect when a butterfly flaps its wings in Africa, it can create a storm hmm. on the other side of the world. Yeah. Right, because that one wing flap changes the air around it, which changes, 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 and and those changes just just multiply. And we don't know what those changes what those changes wrought, mm -hmm. right? So your one decision, even if it doesn't hurt anybody and it makes you happy, like that could change anybody or anything around you, sure, because you are not sealed off from anybody or anything around you. You're not a hermit in a cave in the middle of Antarctica. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. um, and, and we forget here that these commandments also are not burdensome because like Cindy and I talked about, God's love is perfected in us. God abides in us. We love one another. Um, he abides in us. And that's a collective us. Mm -hmm. we're, we're, to, we're to be in this together. And so it's kind of combating that hyper individualism mm -hmm. uh, yeah. as well. So, yeah, I love, uh, I love that, just that line he throws in there, just to remind us, hey, they're, they're not burdensome. And then he goes into four and five, right? I, I think four and five is kind of the Christmas story in a nutshell. So, for everyone who's been born of God overcomes the world. Mm -hmm. Well, how do we know that? Well, because the firstborn of God overcame the world. Yeah. Now he set that example for us, right? And we are in him now, we're abiding in him. And so this is Jesus, this is a Christmas story, this is him stepping out of heaven, coming, coming to earth, born as a man in the flesh, and he overcomes the world. And we know that for well, a bunch of different reasons, but he actually even says it to his disciples before he leaves. He's like, hey, take heart, mm -hmm. for I've overcome the world. Yeah. Um, and then it says, and this is the victory that has overcome the world our faith. And that's, that's a really cool statement there. Verse five, who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the son of God. So it's like this progression here. God overcomes the world. We are in him. Our faith in him, our belief in him, our trust in him means that we've, that, that we've overcome the world. So our faith is our, is our victory. Mm. And, and this is all kind of leading into the world receiving and others receiving uh, who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. But anything on those on those verses you want to chat about? The only, the only thing that kind of 
made me think was the faith, the faith part. Um, mm. And then in the Gospels, Jesus talks about even faith as a mustard seed, which is tiny, right? If you yeah. ever seen a mustard seed, it's tiny. So it's not a lot. Right. In fact, uh, oftentimes in the Gospels, when someone would uh, be healed, Jesus would say, your faith healed you. Mm -hmm. uh, your belief in me, your um, willingness to step out and just try something. Yeah. Just touch my garment. Is that That's what healed you. And so it didn't take a lot. So maybe that could encourage someone today who's like, oh, I yeah. don't, I'm not really sure. It's like just, it's just a little bit of faith. Yeah. That's all you need. Yeah. I love that. That's good. Um, okay. So let's, let's go to verses six through 12. Mm -hmm. We're actually going to, yeah, let's go into verses six through 12 here. Um, this is an interesting segment. Oh yeah. Uh, so I actually think this segment is an explanation of four and five. Oh, okay. So interesting. Um, I think you can actually, it's like an insert or an aside. Yeah, I felt that too. Okay. Like, why is, this is a weird spot for this. Yeah, yeah. Because he's talking about our faith, right? So in verses four and five, mm -hmm. so if you read this this morning or you did read this this morning in your R3, and as you read it, if you thought it sounded a little incongruent, I think it's like in a play where you have this aside mm -hmm. and this happens and then you come back to the play. Yeah. Like I think that's what's happening. Here. Yeah, yeah. So verses four and five here, um, he talks about our faith, our victory. He talks about, well, who, who's overcome the world except those who believe? Mm -hmm. And then he talks about what that belief is, what that faith is. And I think that's what this passage is, is really about. Because um, <laughs> you're like, wait, why is he talking about this stuff? Uh, but it kind of makes sense, but it, it doesn't. Mm -hmm. So what are, your, what, are, what are some of your thoughts on here? Yeah, I, I had to dig deep for this one. I was like, I don't. I wanted to go look at commentary. Like, there's literally commentary right here that, like, my study Bible. <laughs> it's like right there. It's like my line of sight is like, I can just peek down here, look at this commentary. I was like, no, 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 no. Um, I really did. I didn't want to. It's like, okay. Uh, I wanted to honor what we're doing here. So, yeah. here's what I got out of this. So, water made me think of Jesus' baptism. So, his ministry started with baptism by John. And then the blood, he can't, says it came by blood, I thought about his, his death on the cross. Mm. So kind of like the beginning of his ministry and the end of his ministry, kind of yeah. like this full circle thing. And those were things that were witnessed by, well, they weren't witnessed by John. He would have saw his death and not his baptism. But uh, he talks later about these being... Uh, I guess we don't know. He could have been there. The, the he baptism. could have been around. He could have been there. Yeah, John the Baptist. Then. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He could have been there. Yeah, but he was he was one of Jesus' disciples, so he would have at least saw he was an eyewitness, right? Yeah. Whereas the other some of the other um, gospels, like Mark, weren't eyewitnesses, but John was. And then it goes on to, um, but the spirit is. He says the spirit is better. Uh, he says there's three that testify: the blood, the spirit, and and the water. But the spirit mm -hmm. is better. And what I thought about there was because we're not going to be around to see Jesus since we're not around to see him get baptized and resurrected. So he has to give us something in the future beyond the Bible in the future to testify. And that's the spirit. The spirit is the one that testifies on his behalf in the future that we can't see. Whereas the water and the blood were visible and they were temporary. It happened in a specific time and place. 
Um, a spear is something that lasts for eternity. I don't know. It's kind of where I'm kind of landing with that. Yeah, it's it's an it's an enigmatic passage. So I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it down for me one more time. That is an enigmatic word. <laughs> okay, that didn't help. <laughs> So you're here and I'm here. So bring it in. Y'all <laughs> know what I'm talking about. There's at least one word every sermon. I'm like, I gotta look, I gotta Google that. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Do you remember this? Edward E. Nigma. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, Batman. Who is that? Well, it's the um, Jim Carrey. He's the Joker. Not the Joker. No, uh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not the Joker. The other guy, Riddler. The Riddler. Riddler. Yeah. Riddler. Okay. So Enigma. So Enigma, Enigma is something puzzling or so, yeah yeah or it's like what yeah, is this like so, a riddle like a riddle okay yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> <good>. <laughs> I learned Batman. i can't learn Batman forever, Batman forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh that one was not good oh man that was we just good. redeemed it okay good it was just redeemed <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all the shiny suits and yeah. that, that one was not good i actually thought it was really cool like back in the day it was cool but now looking back yeah. no one loves it compared to like dark knight it's like yeah like kitty like kitty Batman. yeah okay <laughs> Maybe I had to cut that part out. Back to the scriptures. <laughs> I'm the editor, so I can cut it out. <laughs> so, um, this passage is really tough. Uh, I'd say, oh, before I say that, I think John was probably there at Jesus' baptism because okay. when you look at Acts chapter 2 mm. and they look for a replacement disciple, mm. they say, we need someone who is with us from the baptism of Jesus all the way to the resurrection, who's with us from the beginning. So. Huh, yeah, maybe. We know. I think all. they all had that qual. If they're looking for someone that qualification, they all had that qualification. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not, yeah. but. Which I didn't think they all had that qualification because like the disciples get called at different times. Right, right. But yeah. maybe they all witnessed it. I don't know, I don't know. Anyways. Yeah, because Matthew doesn't get called till later, and the other couple guys are right. Like Nathaniel's, like yeah, yeah. and then one go he go gets his brother, and so he wasn't even there. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, um, so I don't think we have to. So your insight on this, I think, is really good. Uh, I love the water baptism, the blood crucifixion. Um, I think that's that's cool to think about. The book ends there. you know, it could be birth. It could be. Uh, at the end oh, of the day, oh, when he got when he got stabbed with the. Uh, it could be spear, that spear. Then yeah. like to say, like water came out. Yeah, something like that. I just thought that. So, at the end of the day, nobody actually knows. Yeah, like there's a bunch of different interpretations of mm-hmm. it. Uh, there, there's someone I've read before who even says something like. Water, well, Jesus is the living water. Mm-hmm. And so that represents eternal life, but also blood represents his humanity because, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. of the blood. So it's like, oh, you have his divinity and, and his humanity. Oh, there. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, I see that now. And yeah. so, and, and that's kind of coming off of people thinking that he's talking to <clears throat> the Gnostics who think Jesus didn't come in the flesh. Oh, yeah. And it's like, so maybe that's there. Um, but at the end of the day, nobody really knows. I don't think it really matters. I think the point is 
that John's emphasizing he came by both. Yep. Whatever that means, mm-hmm. he's like, hey, he came by both of these <laughs> things. And then, like you said, he focuses on the spirit. Mm-hmm. And the spirit is the one who testifies, the spirit is truth. There's three that testify, these three <laughs> agree. Um, uh, and then and then he goes on and talks about liars and eternal life. And, and um, he ends with whoever has a son has life. Whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. And then um, he goes into just kind of closing out, closing out the book. But what do you think of the last, you know, 10 to 12 here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a couple of thoughts, but I, I want to, there's one that's more important. And I think uh, this whole idea of eternal life is in Jesus. I think what's important to, to think about there is like, we, we often think of eternal life as something that starts when we die. But if life is in Jesus and Jesus is alive, then eternal life starts now. Yeah. And then Jesus prays and the Sermon on the Mount, your kingdom come, you will be done on earth as is in heaven. He's praying for that to happen now. So all the things that he talks about in the Sermon on the Mount, being rid of anger and hate and lust and being a person of integrity, you can all experience those things now here on earth. You don't have to wait till you die and then you're transformed and you're perfect or whatever. Like we can have that now. I think that's a, that's a good perspective to have. Like you can have that now. Yeah, yeah. Our life with Jesus starts when we meet Jesus. And I think a lot of Christians are still waiting for that life somewhere when I when I go to heaven. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like then I'll be whatever, but like what about now. <laughs> yeah. When especially when in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus' model prayer is all about what ends with, I should say, um, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So our goal, our, our, um, our, one of our chief main purposes is to bring heaven mm-hmm. to earth, is right. to, and you know, your eschatology informs this, right? What you think about the end times and, and all that. And, and a lot of people think, well, this is just all gonna burn up in the end. Or, but no, God's creating a new heaven and a new earth. And what we do in this life, if it is kingdom, we are building this world for the next world. We're building mm-hmm. the next world right now. Like, <laughs> this is so that the good things we do here will not get burned up. They're right. not hay and stubble. They're made of gold and silver, right? They're, they're these precious metals. This is 1 Corinthians 3, right? That imagery of things burning up and the, the things of the kingdom remaining. Or Hebrews 12, where he says, hey, the Hebrews 12 or Hebrews 13, maybe 12 into 13 talking about how um, you know, things of the kingdom cannot be shaken, mm. right? They, they'll be, those are things that will remain, yep. the things of the kingdom. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, <clears throat> yeah, if, if, if you're a Christian and you're just waiting for that life somewhere in the future, you might get there and Jesus says, <laughs> I never knew you. Mm. I, you're like, You've had your whole life to know me, and yeah. now you think it's time to, you know, I don't know. You, want to, you didn't want to spend time with me Well, the time you're on earth, and now you want to spend time with me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I didn't want to get too deep in this, but I noticed some of these, the, the language used is like everyone who believes. Mm. 
is not everyone who has believed. And I don't know this, I just my yeah. observation that the the tense of these words is um, it matters. Like an active like and there's a couple of instances where he does this. He's not saying it's something that you're banking on in the past. It's this idea of persistent believing and constantly living by faith and um, living in love. You can't love your brother and, and or love God, and hate your brother. Like you can't live that way. So there's this idea of persevering. Yeah. And, and continual. That's good. Con, and we've talked about this before, like continual faith in God. That's like so that you don't get to the end of your life. And he's like. You're banking on some prayer or you're banking on some altar call and the rest of your life you did what you wanted to do. Yeah. And God might be like, I don't, I don't know you. Right. And you, and I think you and Cindy talked about this last time. Like, can you say you love God, but not act like it? Well, do you really love God? Mm-hmm. And I don't think so. I agree with you. I don't, I don't think you, you actually can live out something that you, you say you do, you want to love God, but you don't act like it. Yeah. It's not, it's not congruent. Right. Right. Yeah, that's that's really good. The tense the tense does matter. It's it's believing. So the present tense in Greek would be you do this action and you keep on doing mm-hmm. it. Right? It's it's ask, seek, knock, you know, it's yep. it's it's asking, keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking, knock and keep on knocking, believe and keep on believing. Paul even talks about we're being saved. Mm-hmm. I, I, I it is it is a thing that's happening and, yeah. and progressing. And so, um, it's following Jesus. That's, I, I've been wrestling with this last couple of yeah. weeks because I disciple people like banking on, am I saved? Like Jonathan, and I, I did something. Am I still saved? I'm like, do you love Jesus? Are you trying to follow Jesus every single day, taking up your cross, following Him? Is that, is that is that what you're doing? Then you're following Jesus. I think you're okay. Yeah. But if you're like banking on something that happened in the past, you yeah, know, and you're like, well, I messed up. It's like, well, are you giving up or you keep trying? Yeah, right. It's like, oh, I was clean and now I am dirty now. So my like, because I did something. And it's like, yeah. well, wait. First of all, you're relying on the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. It's Jesus who does this work, right? And yeah. and and so yeah, I'm I'm totally on the same page with you on on this. And he finishes by saying, whoever has the Son has life, um, but whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. And and then. Just a quick note on verses 13 through 15 here, uh, especially since we're talking about receiving. John says, well, the purpose of all this, of writing all this, was so that you would know that you have eternal life. And so for you guys out there today, for us, um, like we've received that eternal life, that abundant life. And, um, and in this Christmas season, we want you guys to be open to mm-hmm. receiving that as well. Like just receiving all of that from the Lord, open-handedly, God, give me um, your good gifts, what you want. And that comes with his commandments. <laughs> uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't just, um, it, it, there's a certain way of life this, this is, uh, but it also comes with confidence in verses 14 and 15, confidence in, in mm-hmm. <clears throat> asking God and requesting uh, from from God and being with God and talking to God and that confidence that he's with us. So I love that John ends the, the book like that with this, this um, kind of op- this picture, this open-handed reception of, of God, 
really just wants to give you a whole bunch of good things. Yeah. He wants to give you all of himself. And how much of that, guys, are you saying no to God about? No, I don't want that good thing. I don't want that good thing. Because if we really believe God is all good, then anything he wants to give us is going to be good. Um, and so what are you saying no to God about? And what can you start saying yes to God about for and, and with? Let's pray. All right. Jesus, we want to say yes to all things in you because every everything finds their yes and amen in you, Jesus. And so we say yes as a church, open-handedly, give us what you want to give us. Uh, as a people of God, we say yes, give us what you want to give us. And thank you for the instruction, the reminder that your commandments are not burdensome, but they are so beneficial for us to experience the abundant eternal life with you. And pray that over our church and bless them with that, this, especially in this Christmas season, Lord Jesus, in your name. Amen. Amen.